Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Y'all from Minnesota? <laughs> I, I spent nine months in Alabama in the military, and so I feel like I can say that freely, y'all. We are in for Samuel, chapter 17. And then we continue on with the series on overcoming. Listen to, to Pastor John's message from last week, and I so much appreciated the testimony he gave with the way God had worked in his life many years ago, and and bringing the parking lot together. And, and also, it's so important to, to be able to remember how God works through worship, through music, and how singing that song, and it just slipped my mind, Be Thou My Vision, how that brought him back all those years. And I, I heard that, and I thought, man, how can I, ident- I can identify that, that so well? And, and as the church continues to grow, there's going to be moments like that where God is going to put something inside of you that is going to carry, carry you through your life. Be Thou My Vision. Um, powerful song. David and Goliath. There probably isn't anybody that has not heard this account of David and Goliath. Even inside the secular realm, uh, the David and Goliath story um, is talked about a lot. Coming out of the movie, movie industry with Hollywood, it is a plot that, that intrigues us all, it entertains us, it gives us vision, it gives us hope to see the little man overtaking the big man. And one of the, I was pondering this, one of the movies that I enjoyed that we've watched, uh, Pursuit of Happiness with uh, Will Smith, where it's this true story of a guy that gets into an investment firm, but he comes from nothing. And it's, you watch the story as it unfolds, and it's amazing. But he shows up for an interview in this investment firm, and his life is just chaos. And he goes into this interview and sits down, and the guy interviewing says, well, what would you say to somebody who came into an interview without a shirt? Because he's just wearing his T-shirt and, and pants. But, and the answer Will Smith gave was, he must have really nice pants. It's just that mindset that shifted from it's not what I don't have, it's what I do have. And I laughed, but it's one of those messages that, that we need to start embarking with is that it's not what I don't have, it's what I do have. And so when we look at David, and we hear the story so much, we lose, we lose the impact that it has because, oh, I know that story. 
And another thing that happens with us is that we end up creating a disconnect in that this is David of the Bible, one of the greatest kings of Israel. He was anointed, he was set apart, he had all these great exploits, his life was full of the end of the rope, and then suddenly God, and then suddenly God, and it's hard for us to identify with these things. It's hard for us to identify with somebody like David, but that's why he's in the Bible. As John said last week, you know, he is a picture of Christ. And in our whole journey and our walk with Christ is that we, we are Christ on this earth. This is, this is what we are becoming as we grow and mature and we continue on. And God wants our lives to mirror that of, of what we see in the Bible. That's his will for us. Is that, is that we have impact in our lives with the world around us, our influence, our families, the people that we work with. That kind of an impact where people look at us and say there's something different about them. And so when we consider what's going on here with, with, with David, I'm just believing that there's going to be some kind of a heart and mind breakthrough that whatever situation that we're looking at in our life that we're going to see God's hand weaving in and out through our life, through relationships, through circumstances, through all these different areas of our life, and, and we're going to see what God is doing, and that moment will come where we'll face Goliath, and we're going to know exactly what we're supposed to do because we've been there before in our hearts and our minds and in our experiences, and this is what happened with, with David. So... We're going to do a little bit of reading, and I think that I'm just going to turn around and read off the screen with you all, but we're in First uh, Samuel 17 and starting with verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. Jesse's his father. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt with the, uh, to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. Thank you, Jesus. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will the man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Elab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? 
what about those, those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. And David's question was reported to the king Saul, and the king sent for him. There's a couple things in here that I, that I want to highlight. And and I don't want to I don't want to stay on them because there's something later on that I want to focus on more. But but there is a faith, and there's there's an anointing, and there is also a reward, and. David, and this is something that I had not ever seen before, I've never heard it talked about, but we just saw that David shows up, and you can take this picture and you see these armies that they're, they're all fired up, you know, it's like the football team's running out on the field, they're all pumped up, you, 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 and all this stuff, and they, they're standing out there facing each other, and they're all fired up, ready to fight, and then Goliath comes out, and the, the army exits, they're running in fear. David, however, there was something instilled inside of him that, that caused him to not get caught up in that situation. Thousands of men are running away from the battle, and David is standing there, and he's like, who is this Philistine who defies what God has said? What, he defies this army of Israel. He defies the people that God has made confident with. Who is this man, and why is he allowed to do this? And then he hears about the reward. What reward? I mean, there's a reward behind all this. If I kill this man, I already know I can. And there's a reward there. And this is a, I know that this is a, it's a hot topic inside the body of Christ, inside the world, about finances and about reward and, and kingdom. All of this stuff is, is, and there is a place inside the heart of God that rewards those who diligently seek him. And we can't run away from a truth, from God. And what we, what we tend to do just in our nature is that when we see an error, when we see somebody abusing something, their authority, and they see abusing actually an oracle of God, we want to flee from that and we go to the other side and we create another error. And again, I don't want to stay here, but inside the heart of God is a reward. David saw this reward and he, he was seeking after it. Three times in this, in this section here, he turned around and said, what is this? What is this reward that I'm going to get? And, and, and God will place those things in our hearts. He will, he will show us that, that I'm taking you from one place to another, that there is a promotion involved in this, that there is finances involved in this, and the whole purpose behind what God does with, with us is that, is that we are here for others. He is here for us. We are here for others. And, and, and I'm going to stop there, but David saw this. David sought after this three times. He turned away from his brother who was beating him down, and, and he turned back and said, now what is this reward? The people saw his faith, and they went to Saul, and Saul sent for him. Now Saul, Saul and David had already been acquainted. David had already been 
in, in Saul's temple ministering to him. And so there was already an awareness. There was already a, there was already a relationship that was built. And so this, I don't believe that this was a surprise with Saul. But that point that, that David saw this, and he ends up again in, in the presence of, of, of King Saul. And, and we need to be aware of this and not, not just right away just jump off in air and say, well, you know, I don't want, you know, God, I know you really don't want to bless me. He does. God, God is here for us and we are here for others. And all of our blessings that flow into us flow out. And that's so important to recognize in this because we don't want to, we don't want to jump out and just say, well, no, that's not what God wants to do. It is what God wants to do is bless us. Another side of David's faith in this that I find incredible because I, I can relate to this and, and a lot of us can. We see inside the kingdom of God all of these circumstances around us that are going on in government, they're going on in education, they're going on in all these different areas of our culture. And, and what is happening is that, is that we are turning and running from them. This isn't easy to hear. It's not easy to say. But the reality is, is that inside of our education system, there are things that are happening that we're not happy with as Christians. There are things that have happened in our politics that we're not happy with. There are things that are happening in the movie industry that we're not happy with, and they've been happening for decades. We have to stand up. There is a faith that was inside of David that, that when the whole army was running from this giant, he stood there. He already had it in his heart to do what God's will is. He already had it in his heart to, to be ready to stand up against Goliath. He had it there. And even when an authority, his older brother, is standing against him and saying, I know why you're here, and he starts accusing him of things and wanting him to go back. And I can just picture, oh, all right, I'm just going to, here's your food. I'm just going to go get my cart, and I'm going to head back home, and I'm going to go back out with my sheep where I'm safe. And I think that that's a lot of what happens with our lives. I know it's happened to me, where it's like that person of authority ends up becoming, those words become more important to what God has put inside of us. And it, there's a boldness that comes with that. But it needs to be, it needs to be noticed in this story. And it's not something, I mean, David, he ended up out in that field with his rocks and his sling. And he ended up taking out, taking out Goliath, but he had to go through these steps. He had to go through this journey. This was a day where he, where he left his house and he came out to do one thing. That was to feed, to give food to his brothers and to also bless the captain, their, their, their sergeant. And, and all of a sudden, he walks into this scenario. And it happens to us a lot, where we leave our day in the morning. We have no idea what we're going to face. But when we face it, being grounded in who God is and who we are to God changes the circumstances. It changes the course of nations, as it did here. Amen? You know, okay. Anointing. David was anointed, and we are all anointed. I'm going to go there. First John. This is one of the verses that 
nine, ten years ago, I ran into, and, and I'm going to be reading out of the King Jimmy Bible, King James. I love all the translations. I, I reference them a lot, but I, I always, I do my reading out of King James, and then I'll bounce out. There's a lot of reasons for that, but there's a lot of reasons for that. Verse, uh, First John, chapter two, verse twenty-seven. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not to, you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as he hath taught you, you shall abide in him. And one more time. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you all things, that is truth, and is no lie, and even as he has taught you, so shall you abide in him. It's just a reminder to all of us that everybody in this room that is born again, everybody in this room that has been filled with the Spirit, everybody in this room is anointed. We all have an anointing resting upon us. And this verse goes on to say that you need not any man teach you. Jesus is talking in, in several times through John chapter 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, teach you things to come. And we get wrapped up like all things. I don't know all things. You know, and, and how does that work? In, in the situation like we're talking about with David, he will teach you all things. David did not know what, what he was walking into that day, but you know the Holy Spirit gives us downloads. He brings things back to our remembrance. We don't need that any man teach us. When we walk into a situation... And all of a sudden, we just know in our knower. We don't need any man to teach us. We are guided by the Lord on high through his Holy Spirit, and we don't need to stop and say, hey, I need, I need somebody to teach me something here before I move into this battle. The Holy Spirit will guide you, and, and having faith and knowing that that is what God is doing in your life, you don't need to stop and have people teach you. It's a powerful, powerful, it doesn't mean we don't have teachers in our lives. It doesn't mean we don't have authority in our lives. What it means is that we don't need people, when we walk into these situations, that the Holy Spirit will guide us and we don't need to stop and say, what am I supposed to do here? Because he will guide you. He will give you, he will bring things back to your remembrance. And that's a big part of what this message is about, is that David had reference points in what he was doing. He had, he had, already, he had already killed Lions and bears. Oh my. Let's move on to those scriptures. Verse 32. So David is in with Saul now. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Saul says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way that you can defeat this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal the sheep from the flock, 
I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from his mouth. If an animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. I'm sorry, I'm like thinking about this picture in my head. He's got a lion by the bear and he's, I, I'm just, just, it's like, wow. It's like a cartoon from back in the day. Anyways, I digress. And I'll do it uh, to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defeated the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and from the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. This is actually the, the primary verse for this, the topic of this message today that, that Mike wanted to hit on. And that is that our, our past is part of our victory. And I'll probably have to be a little bit transparent on this, but I think most of us have been in this situation where we see, see the kid out, maybe it was us, maybe it was me and you, out in the parking lot or on their driveway with the basketball hoop, and they're practicing. And every shot that we make, we're counting down in our minds. Three, two, one. Hey, when's the game? And over and over and over again, we, we go through this process on, on, how we're, on how we are winning the game. We always want to win the game. And over and over again, hundreds of shots, our kids will do that. I did it. I did it. You know, it's it, where we always have the countdown and we're winning the game. And that builds a reference point so that when they're in the game, and I have this picture of Michael Jordan doing this over and over and over again. It's just like, give Michael the ball. And, and then one day, he passes it to Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr goes through that same scenario. The clock is winding down, and we have the winning shot. This is personal victory going through our hearts and our minds over and over and over again, and it prepares us for that time where it becomes automatic. Now, how does that relate to us spiritually? That is not anything that I don't think anybody can teach. Except to say that the same principle applies. And, and the way we get that principle to actually apply into our heart is by rehearsing what God's will is in our life. For, for myself, probably the greatest personal testimony that I have with my walk, with the promises of God, what's in his word has to do with, with, with being basically knocked down by, by sickness. Um, for more than a decade, I struggled with acute panic disorder. I was medicated. I managed this, medicated all day long. Um, I knew all the symptoms. I knew everything about it. And, and I was really good at it, but I was debilitated. Driving up here, driving an hour up here was, is, a, is a big thing to me still, because driving long distances is something, if you had any experience with this, if you know anybody, driving is like the worst thing for people with panic attacks. And it was acute. 
In other words, it was constant. On top of that, my whole life I had had severe allergies. And there was a point in my life where I was diagnosed with exercise-induced anaphylaxis, which means that I went into anaphylactic shock when I exercised. Some of us might say, thank you, Jesus, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but, you know, when you're going through it, it's frightening, and it's fun to laugh about. But this is the way I live my life. And I had been a Christian my whole life. And I had heard, you know, we, we proclaim these verses that no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. But you know what? That is a weapon. This is something that was, that was debilitating. And... And I, I got a revelation of who God is for me that was much deeper than what I had heard and just the religious practices that we end up going through and going to church. I got a revelation of who God is to me and then on top of that, who I am to God. And I didn't have any, any there wasn't any great things of laying on the hands or anything like that. It was just this process that Cindy and I were going through over a few months where, where it just became so real. And, and what I ended up doing was just rehearsing in my mind the same way with, with this basketball scenario. It was like, no, I know what Jesus did for me on the cross, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I am set free. Jesus came to set us free. He came to release the bondages in our lives. And, and I just started rehearsing those. Just like the three, two, one. He scores. And I found myself forgetting to take medications. And I, I went for years where I would not leave my house without knowing this little rattle in my pocket of the pill bottle because I couldn't do it. I found myself leaving without them. I found myself not needing it anymore. And then one day it hit me. I am being systematically delivered from this. And on top of this was the allergies. And I have no explanation other than I know that, that, that my revelation that God gave me about who he is to me and who I am to him changed my life. It changed my life. And now it's been years, eight years, that I have been medication-free from this. It isn't that I have not had some situations where, where it's come back, but you know what? I know. I already know that this is what God has for me. This is what God has for us. And so it, they are short-lived episodes. It's not a debilitating thing where in the world it just gets worse. You just, you, just slide, you just slide down this slippery slope. It is something that I can overcome. That's what this, this, that's what this whole message is about, is about overcoming. But how do we do that? It's by rehearsing the winning, the winning shot, which is what Jesus did for us. That's what it's about. Overcoming is rehearsing. This applies to every situation in our life, professional, relational, it applies to all of these things, is just knowing this is what God's will is for us. This is what God's will is for us. Last week, John did a fabulous John job talking about God sought after David because he was a man after his own heart. 
And it's a powerful truth that God, it says in Jeremiah that he's looking around. He's looking around, seeking those who he can show himself to. He is looking after people. And I've been pondering this for a long time about a man after God's own heart. And, and I want to I turn that coin over today. As much as God was looking at David as a man after his own heart, I believe that, that David was a man after God's heart. Not only was God looking at David as, there's a, there's a man after my own heart. David was looking and saying, Lord, I want to know your heart. What is your heart in the matter? I want to know what your heart is. And in the process of, of thinking about this, because it is a mind bender, because we're always looking at God, looking at, down at us, what does he think about us? And, and if we stay there, it gets frustrating to not only look at how God is looking at us, but look at how, what does God see? Well, how is God looking at me? How is God looking at you? What is, what's in his heart for you? Because when we know that, we know how much he really loves us. David knew that. I believe as much as, God, as much as that statement means that God was looking down at David and said, there's a man after my own heart. I believe that, that God is looking down and saying, there's a man who's after my own heart. He's looking at me, wanting to know what my heart of the matter is. And that's a life changer. Because I want to be everything that God wants me to be. And I want him to look down and, and say in the end, well done, my good and faithful servant. But you know, the way we get there is by turning around and looking and saying, Lord, what is your heart in this matter? What is it that you desire to accomplish through my life? What is it that you want to accomplish in this community, in my workplace, with my friends, with my family? What is it that you want to accomplish inside of me? What is your heart of the matter? And one of the, one of the life-changing scriptures is back in Exodus. And this is Moses having his incredible conversation with, with God. And this is... So cool. Just in your mind, picturing Moses, they're out in the desert and they build this tabernacle. You can go ahead and put that up, Dwayne. And, and Moses walks into the tabernacle and then the cloud settles down on the tabernacle. And this is the way they operated with God. Um, it's just kind of cool. And, and Moses is having this really intimate conversation with the Father. And he says, if it's true that you will look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor and remember that this nation is your very own people. They had just made the calf and Moses was going to be sent up to make the second set of tablets. And this is the conversation he's having with God. This is the way of God. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, 
if you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. I'm going to read that again. If you don't go with us, if you don't go with us, there's a question. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Your presence sets us apart from all the other people on the earth. And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. I know you by name. Let me show me your ways that I may know you. Lord, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? When David walked into these when David walked into this impossible situation, he already had inside of him a foundation of knowing what the heart of God was so that so that when he faced this giant, he knew what God's will was. Knowing the ways of God, knowing what is in God's heart for us, for this church, for the community, for our professions, for our family is is life-changing because it takes our own motives out of the question. It takes our own, our own thoughts, our own desires out of the question, and we can sit back and say, you know what? Actually, what God wants for this is completely in line with what I see. What I see is in completely in line with what God wants. And all of a sudden, faith is born. And we can stand up and say, you know what? This is the right thing to do here. This is the, this is the right decision to do here. This is how I should treat this person. It changes the way we parent. It changes the way we walk our day-to-day lives. In the, in the process of what I've been doing, do you want to come up, Greg? In the process of what I've been doing for the last year and a half at, the, at Andrew Womack Ministries is, is, in part, is taking phone calls in the, in the prayer center. And we figured out a couple of weeks ago it's, it's upwards four or 5,000 people that I personally have talked to, ministered to, it's incredible. It's amazing. And you know, there are basically five areas in our lives that we deal with constantly, and I've seen this in, this, in working in that center, the ministry. And one of the big ones is sickness, disease, family relationships, broken relationships, mended relationships. I actually had talked to a woman a year before and, and then somehow ended up on the phone and, and heard her give the testimony that her husband was having an affair. And, and, and she remembered me praying for her, and, and it took me a minute to remember. But she testified how all the things that happened and, and restored this marriage. It's incredible. But family is a big deal to us. It's a big deal to God. Finances are a big deal. They're a big deal to us, and it's a big deal to God. These are, these are struggles that we deal with. These are our giants that we're facing. Direction, a plan. God has a plan for all of us. Direction is huge for so many of us. It doesn't matter how old we are. Lord, what am I doing? Where, where do you want me to go? Finding direction. And... And just overall, 
Things could be going just great in our lives. Everything could be just super. But we don't have peace. Peace is huge. The statistics on what happens in all of us, and this includes the church, is that, that depression and anxiety is, is like one of the biggest killers in our country. And we serve the God of peace. This is not in God's will. His, his will, his heart for us is that we walk in overcoming all of these circumstances so that we can raise our hand and say, I'm sorry you're struggling with that, but you know what? I don't any longer. I don't. And, and the reason why is because I know what God, what God did for me in Christ, and, and this is who I am now, this is who I am to my Father, and I would love, I would love to share this with you. We are a peculiar people. We are overcomers. Rehearsing the will of God in our lives, rehearsing, doing that countdown, and saying, Jesus died for me. He has set me free. He has set me free. We are overcomers. He has a plan. The plan is our relationships and our families are going to be reunited if they're disconnected now. That's what God's will is, to not stop believing, to continue to rehearse that in our lives. David would not have stood before Goliath had he not done these things. In our personal lives, inside of our homes, we take those victories out and it changes the world around us. God wants us to be Davids. And I know most of us want to be Davids. I know most of us do. Amen. I asked Greg to come up and we're going to end, end the service with, with this song that we sang earlier. And I want to make Cindy and I available afterwards. If anybody wants prayer, anybody needs prayer, something going on in your life, we'd love to agree with you. And, and we're just going to end with this worship if we'd all stand together and and I just pray that this touched your lives as much as it's touched mine. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world. 